Are we live? Yes, here we go. Yes, we were just discussing a game we can't talk about, apparently. Until the embargo elapses. Yeah, there's no that we have to save that for Bargo Busters. That's a different podcast we have. Yeah. Only top tier Patreons can subscribe to Bargo Busters where we just bust Bargos the whole time. Hello everyone, welcome to Slightest Thing Else. Yes, I do look different, Richard. I finally got that haircut I was talking Ooh, about. Ooh, one of us did. Yeah. You're gonna inspire me. I also trimmed my beard down a bit. Look at you. You wanted to look nice for Milwaukee, didn't you? More grey hairs in the toilet every time I trim my beard these days. <laughs> But uh, my wife likes the salt and pepper look. Anyway, welcome to Slightly Something Else, where on this occasion we are discussing the subject of menus in video games and why they Mm -hmm. all suck now. Except for Persona. Persona's great. Possibly in reference to the way everyone saw the gameplay trailer for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, saw the menus, and everyone went bollocks to that, take that away and fix it. Like we mm-hmm. were all the very picky customers at a restaurant. Yeah, the uh, the sort of the collective sigh, I think, when a lot of people looked at uh, that Suicide Squad footage was, this is just what's happened in kind of the post-Destiny slash current games-as-a-service world where menus like legitimately do kind of feel like you're at the like, Cheesecake Factory. And you're like, this has yeah. 57 pages and different genres of food on every page, and it is impossible for me to just do the thing i want to do did you notice that you know how youtube like puts a link to the game you're talking about under your video i don't know if it's mm-hmm. auto-generated but uh, on this occasion it went with destiny 2 despite destiny 2 not appearing anywhere in the thumbnail or mentioned no but the, the you the thumbnails the thumbnails ui is destiny 2 like oh, the okay. <laughs> the uh the ui of the the power in the corner and everything and the u in the center is modeled after destiny 2 so so oh, there you fair go enough. Well, it's hard Um, to tell because so many, as you say, so many of these gear grindy games have very similar Destiny 2 style menus, much like the Suicide Squad one. Just uh, a character standing there and like nine different equip slots and each one has like 16 different pieces of information and it's all a complete mess of the eyeballs. It's very hard to read. Yeah, and we we're seeing it in all the like sort of even like the single player ones like that, like Hogwarts and um mm. even God of War Ragnarok felt like that. Uh, uh, Hogwarts has its yeah. like own individual problems. Yeah. Uh, I think Hogwarts' um, problem is uh overly elaborate animations. Like every time you turn a page in the menu, you have to go through the little animation where the page turns and all the icons fly into place. And when you're having to mm-hmm. go to the menu a lot, it's the annoyance mounts up with each visit. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a mounting problem with um, games just having so much information that they feel like they have to give you. Um, and these games that are con- constant loot grinds means that every few steps you're getting something that has its own set of information that you have to weigh the pros and cons of of whether or not you know you want to equip this thing and get a small boost in this thing or or toggle this thing so that it helps another defense. And it's um, so you're going to say, I don't know. so you're saying these menus are necessarily horrible? I feel like part of the reason the menus are bad is because the design is becoming, I don't want I don't know if convoluted is the right word, but like, I don't know of a better way in a game with that much information to convey that information, because I feel like the cleanest, slickest menus are the games that have the fewest toggles that the player, you know, really needs to know, like even going back to, to early games that i feel like had really good menus i'm gonna have to disagree on the fact that uh, 
uh, that there's any sort of necessity to the menu being ugly just because there's too much information needs to be conveying. In fact, there's sort of the inherent flaw in this whole discussion here in mm -hmm. that we can go all day saying, oh, here's how to make menus more pleasing and intuitive. But the fact is, and call me Johnny Conspiracy Pants, but these games deliberately design their menus to be frustrating and unintuitive. Thoughts? Uh, why, like, to, to what end? Well, have you ever been to a Las Vegas casino? I was going to say, is this like the Ikea thing? Like, I don't know how to get out. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, yeah. Casinos are all deliberately yeah. designed to be confusing mm -hmm. to escape from. Yeah. And I'm sure if J-Mate were here, he'd agree with me because he had a video on this subject. He did, yeah, that's right. About how it's it's all roads kind of yes. lead to them wanting you to use your money to buy things that aren't just the game. Because obviously it's not that hard to make complex, to make uh, easy menus that are easy to navigate, even if there's a complex amount of information that needs to be conveyed. Uh, the, the heart of it is like try to reduce the number of button presses or key presses required. Mm -hmm. And uh, as Jermaine points out in his video, to start uh, a specific kind of game in Overwatch 2, it takes something like 6 to 10 inputs. Whereas to yeah. get to the store, to uh, buy things with your money, it takes yeah. all of one click. It's, it's it was... only ever one click away from being able to spend money. We ran into this exact problem uh, two nights ago on game night. We played Forza Horizon 5. Um, and we were trying to play in a big group. And first off, those menus, again, we were most of us were relatively new to the game, are a are like a complete mess. Like they're abysmal to try to navigate. However, very easy to find anywhere that I could spend real money. So if I wanted to buy new cars or if I wanted to buy new clothing for my avatar, that was very easy to find. But when Casey and I were trying to lower the in-game volume, <laughs> Uh, so finding like, yeah. the settings menu for that was way harder and took way more button presses than, uh, you know, here's 50 human dollars. I want a cool warthog from Halo as a car. And it's very telling how hard it is to find the quit game button in a lot of these games as well. Hard reset. I just I just, <laughs> just go go to menu, yeah. close game. Just get, just, get this whole just, thing out of just here. Just get bored and yank the power cable out of the wall without <laughs> exactly, moving the seat. Exactly. Uh, so I, before, guess my I guess my point is okay. me going... Uh, here's how to fix these menus is kind of futile because these menus are mostly acting exactly as designed. Sure. So it's it's like it's you're trying to have them fix it for a problem they don't want fixed. Yeah. Um, and before anyone, no one's mentioned in chat, but yeah, yeah, yes, we are aware that there's like a, a grander um, discussion here. Like we're sort of using menus as the catch-all term for both like UI and UX, user interface and user experience, because you can have games that have menus that look really neat or like cool in theory, but then the actual experience of using them um, is kind of a pain in the ass. And that's how I feel with certain um, kind of in-world menus. Do you remember, did you play Fable 3? Yes, and I know exactly what you're about to bring up. Yep. So instead of having just menus where you'd go and equip your sword and that kind of stuff and look at your stats, you had to teleport back to a place that I believe was called the Sanctuary. And there was a physical place you would have to go to that like existed outside of time and space. And that's yeah. where you would go in order to walk into one room that had all your equipment and walk into another room that had your stats and your customization and walk yeah, into another yeah. room. And it was... It was insane. It was functionally a menu, but it was just, um, you know, 
uh, manifesting the menu as, a phys- yeah. as physical rooms rather than menu screens. Yeah, and it was one of those things that, like, the first time I was like, this is really neat. And then the fourth time you do it, you're like, oh, no, is this what I'm going to be doing the rest of my game? Is, Still, is this where yeah. I live now? I mean, that's it does really did feel like a Peter Molyneux thing to do. Yeah. At least he was trying <laughs> something new. I mean, it, he you was, can see yeah. the logical leap that would take you to it. I mean, these menus yeah. are kind of complicated anyway. And sometimes those, like, trying something new ends up working really well. Like, um, one of the one of the first games where I remember having a bunch of tools that I needed to swap on a regular basis was the original Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. And what Konami and Kojima did with that of sort of having, all right, your weapons are going to be along this right-hand bar, and your items are going to be along this left-hand bar, and then different ones of the same bar you can sort of slide through once you get to them. It almost felt like looking at a bookshelf, mm. um, but be sort of like recognize the spines of the book really quickly as opposed to going to a menu and completely bogging down. I don't know, because one thing, I don't I don't want to be bogged down in menus when I'm playing a game. When I'm playing a game, I want to be playing the game. Again, that's and I, absolutely the intention, to bog you yeah, down. Yeah, but it, I felt bogged down in God of War Ragnarok, and that game had no way of taking my money. So but I, it, I, I see it still had saying. a horrible menu designed along the lines i've been uh criticizing yeah but what what's like that doesn't have the excuse of your evil and trying to take money from me because god well, already had my money well it doesn't have to it takes that attitude because uh not so much for the direct financial gain but to also uh create that whole casino feel of uh, uh sort of entrenching your mind in the setting so you have Which to do a whole lot of work to get to something, and then you have a sort of unreasonable amount of investment in it because you had to put more work into it. It it seems like a particularly egregious in an example like God of War because they were trying to tout so much their whole single um, single take single camera, yeah, thing. yeah, uh, and uh, it, it's it's kind of wild to me that a game that tried to have that in one aspect would also be like, well, you got a new hilt for your axe do you want to go in there and then look at your pommel and your hilt and and swap those out every couple of minutes because th- those seem to be completely at odds with each other yeah it's it's gear that causes all this i mean it is gear's gear, fault i blame gears too <laughs> yeah, i blame gears three ah, gear, waka waka. <laughs> gear uh, is like the standard thing for AAA these days gear grinding if it's not, yeah. you know, a last actual live service, it'll have the gear grinding element of one. Because mm-hmm. everyone wants to get wants to see their number go up for the instant rodent brain appeal of seeing your number go up to see all the little green arrows on the stats. And the problem is, I guess not the problem, but the thing is, I don't mind that being there in those games. Like, there are games that are built around that. Like, Destiny is built around that kind of constant progression drip diablo was built around it um the monster hunter games are built around that like you're literally going on these hunts and then looking through your spoils and seeing what you could do with them but the fact that that's just being used i don't know people are just like it just feels like they looked at the destiny menu and it's like well just fucking just do that just just design the game just like that um and the more egregious ones which is, is sort of complementary to this is uh the the fake cursor on console game i mean i don't oh, know how many God. games you're playing with controllers but like destiny Every, doing yeah. the like everyone has a pretend mouse now yeah because speaking as someone who's made games uh just having a mouse pointer so you can click on the buttons is a hell of a mm-hmm. lot easier to program 
then sure. programming it to like have being able to like press the menu button, press the directional buttons to switch which button is being highlighted. But that it does feel very lazy with that in mind to just have the controller controlled a mouse pointer, which always pisses me off. Yeah, it feels like among the many things. Like <laughs> I don't know if Destiny was the first game that did that, but, but Destiny is the one that I that I think of when I think of that. But then again, if you're playing on PC and there isn't a mouse pointer in the menus, that's also a pain in the ass too. Like I had that problem with the Dead Space remake. I was playing with mouse yeah. and keyboard because it made aiming a lot easier. But when you because they have those fancy in-universe menus that are like yeah. holographically projected in front of the character, uh, they didn't have a mouse pointer for it. You just yeah. you had to switch to the cursor keys like a barbarian, <laughs> like a savage. Um, yeah, that's just listen. I, I don't want to play any game on, on PC, but that's just as bad as this. Like, I think if you're, if I'm playing a game on PC, let me use my mouse to click on whatever I want. If I'm playing a game on console, figure out a way to do this without the mouse or like a or like a faux mouse. Yeah, this all this all seems ridiculous. Um, how do you feel about? Um, are there any sort of conceptual? menus or UIs that have, have really worked for you? Like the couple I, I'm thinking of is how in the modern Fallout games, uh, you're always using your little pit boy Like everything yeah. kind of exists on that screen uh, near Automata. When you go into your UI, it's kind of like the operating system of, of 2B or 9S or whoever you are at the moment. You can I don't know. kind of weird. futz with it. And find a bunch I'm a little of weird on this. I always think like games that try too hard to create these immersive in-universe menus just feels like, just feel a bit fussy. I mean, yeah. Uh, when I think back to the games I really liked, like I think of Half-Life, for example, the fact that that mm-hmm. has a, a, a sort of non-in-universe UI has, yeah. has never been uh, something that really affected my enjoyment of the game. I never was playing the game yeah. thinking, boy, this would be so much more fun if there were, wasn't a little ammo counter in the corner of the screen. Did they change it all from Half-Life to 2 and Episode 1 and 2? No, like, the, the UI really like, surprisingly, the UI didn't really change much at all. Yeah. Though, thinking, speaking of in-universe AI, have you ever played Jurassic Park's Trespasser? Um, I, th- I have not. We've talked about that before. Everything is like you're looking at your like, watch, Yeah, well, this right? was, this was like... the game that made me think trying to go without a UI, without a GUI, uh, just comes across as a little bit fussy. Yeah. Because uh, they they were going to say there was absolutely no user interface in this game, and all the information you needed would be conveyed organically. And the way they figured that out was that when the main character's firing their gun, they say aloud how many buttons, how many bullets are left. And then if you need to know how much health you got left, there is a t- tattoo on the main character's tits. And if you look straight down, you can see your tits. And there's a heart tattoo, and how red that tattoo is is how much health you've got. I feel like these are all ideas that came up at a late night brainstorming session at a bar and they wrote yeah. them all down on the nap. Going, this is great. This is great. Write it down. Write it down. And then they put it in the game and it was yeah. like, why did you do that? <laughs> why is this the route you went with? As I say, it's fine to have GUIs to convey information. It's not fine to have shitty ones. That's true. Do you remember, That's do you remember true. GUIs in like the age of the 90s shooter, like Doom, where it'll be half the fucking screen? Yeah. It's this enormous bank of like uh aesthetic uh, details with like yeah, the main yeah. character's face in the middle yeah but that was a big thing yeah your face had to, to deteriorate as you were fighting more and more demons a couple of gargoyles either side of it have you ever yeah. played like uh, something like the original system shock that was really bad for that sort of thing because obviously they couldn't have gameplay in too much of the screen because it was too much of a resource hog so they just filled the rest of the screen with bollocks yeah that almost seemed like 
I mean, a lot of PC games at the time were doing that, right? Like you had yeah. uh, like adventure games were notorious for, well, you'd have half the screen be an inventory and then, mm. you know, the other half of the screen be what's going on. And then, of course, like one of my favorite adventure games, Grim Fandango, uh, tried to like push that forward. And every time you wanted a new weapon, it would like cut to a close up of Manny, like reaching into his his jacket and pulling different things out. And while after doing that the 30th time, I was like, what if we just had a little thing in the corner that I could click? Like, yeah. what if I didn't have to circle, cycle through these the whole time? Yeah. And what if see, I could just click things? So, See, the next game they made with the same engine was Escape from Monkey Island. And that mm-hmm. did pretty much what you said. Like, instead of the weird fancy reaching into your jacket thing, there was just all your inventory items laid out in a big ring. So you knew yeah. exactly where they were. I mean, that's the thing is sometimes just knowing what the player is going to want to get to and giving them the easiest way to get to it is kind of the simplest solution to this stuff. What, what um, you have just like, described I don't know what... is the essence of GUI design, Marty. Why, what is well, You keep saying GUI. Is this GUI? Yeah, graphical user interface, GUI. Oh, it, but at first I was thinking just G-O-O-E-Y, like GUI, like Gooigi from... Uh, I thought from, this was like Luigi a common Adventure. thing just to say GUI. Everyone sounds confused these days when I say GUI. I've never. Well, first off, you stop. You gotta stop saying GUI uh, close to. Uh, Do people get confused because, when I say GIF as well? No, GIF is fine. GUI. I don't. Richard said GUI is a common thing. I don't know. I've never. I've. I've never heard anyone use the term GUI. That being said, I'm perfectly fine with using you using the term GUI. I'm now gonna know what GUI is. People keep saying GUI is common. I don't think GUI is common. Okay. Do you say, it uh, turns out Nez, I am the wrong one. Did you say as, Nez I, as, more, more, Nez as well? No, I don't even use GUI though. What Wait, is GUI is that that's more of a PC thing though, right? No, I'd say that's like just means HUDs generally, graphical user interface. Oh, I just say UIs, UIs and, and UXs. I bet you don't say HUD either. I bet you say HUD, like some kind no, of No, I say HUD. Trump. I say HUD. I well, like acronyms. Dif- well, what's the difference then? I don't know. I don't know. All of a sudden I'm not the I, I'm 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 being persecuted. <laughs> well, let's change the subject. Let's change I, mean, the subject. I was, um, was going to say, why don't we cite some examples of games that do need to convey a lot of information in, in some complicated menus, but pull it off. And I was going to bring up Persona 5, which we constantly yeah. talk about. Yeah, we put it in the art even. He's hanging out there. Okay, and that's a <laughs> great example of a menu that conveys the information it needs to convey without uh, filling your face with unnecessary stuff. Yeah. And has a lot of flourish about it that doesn't become too annoying to look at after a while. Lots of nice quick flourish. Yeah, and that's one of the rare examples where I'd say it's there's so much style, but it doesn't feel like style over substance. It doesn't feel like the style is getting in the way of yeah. of conveying the information. Um, and there is a lot of information. There's a lot of, um, you know, you have to deal with your own character, your party members. Your, Importantly, your, your it never personas. shows you more information than you need at any given moment. Like if, you se- that is if, you're, smart thing. Yeah. if you're selecting like a new weapon... Like, the game will just list all the weapons that can be equipped at that point. It doesn't feel the need to show, you know, every square of your inventory, like in fucking uh, Hogwarts. It doesn't need yeah. to show you um, uh, the stats of every individual thing you've got. It just says, these are the relevant things, these are the only relevant things at this time, pick one. Mm-hmm. And it makes the amount of time you're going to spend in that menu, the... But again, that visual flourish makes being in there constantly enjoyable. Like the music to the like actual like the 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 you know visual graphic design 
of the layout and the transitions between screens are are pretty remarkable. And you get that right from like that's a game that its its menu design is baked in from the second you boot the game up. Like the second you get to the main title screen in, in Persona Five Vanilla and they're all hanging out at the train station and everything. It's a like it's kind of like a perfect mission statement of of what's going forward, which I think a lot of games have also sort of drop the ball on how important an opening title screen is and maybe maybe i'm over emphasizing how important an opening screen is but to me that opening menu feels like uh it's like a, a tone piece for what's going to happen in the rest mm. of the game like yeah. are there any standout opening like before you even click a button well now you, you now you mention it like most like mainstream games these days just have a like a flat menu with a list of options in like a severe like uh, times new roman font but then I yeah. think of something like Hi-Fi Rush, where mm. the, the title screen is you're in like the 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 hideout of the main characters, mm-hmm. and every time you select a different thing on the on the menu, the camera just swings over to something else in the hideout, which is a yeah, yeah. relatively common approach. But uh, you know, it's nice to see. Yeah, and that's one that like feeds into sort of the energy of the game right from the get go. Yeah. Um, there's kind of like the of of a, a couple recent ones I jotted down. Uh, the last of us um sort of that opening window so you open up the game and you see like an open window the the some of the the shrubbery has overgrown over it and you just kind of have the uh the curtain blowing in the wind i feel like that sets you for what the tone of what's going to happen do you remember oh what about the original god of war opening screens where it's just like kratos's face really close zoomed in i kind of love that and then when you start the game it zooms out and like it's Kratos in the first cutscene of the game. It's really, it's really clever. Yeah, and then yeah, God of War twenty eighteen does the same thing with him getting ready to, to chop down that tree and mm-hmm. kind of starts its its first cut before you even start the game. Um, Ocarina of Time has has sort of the with the incredible like music and it's just shots of Link riding around Hyrule, which I which I really appreciate. And then another one I written down. Do you remember the original Black Ops? What the menu was? Um. Oh, was that where you were like tied to a chair in a room? Yeah, and so you were a... in a torture yeah. chamber. <laughs> yeah. And there was like screens all around that you could look at for campaign or menu or zombies, but there was also a way to get out of that chair and then walk around the room and like uncover little secrets and get to like different menus. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Which um again was a, was a neat thing that like I think walked the line between being overly cute and cumbersome and while still letting you kind of get to the information you needed to get to right away amid you know the always dodgy stable of uh the call of duty modern games black mm-hmm. ops was uh, surprisingly good yeah i, thought. I think that's I, th- I think people that was that was still the like um it's modern warfare there. modern warfare 2 era when like yeah I rate every them all, year they're actually entertaining. i rate them all fairly low but i quite liked modern warfare 1 call of duty 4 yeah. modern warfare, the original and i guess i'd also put the original black ops up there as well not yeah. maybe not quite as high i think that's probably safe to say that was around the heyday of the series yeah. um there was also um i was just looking at the games i had on my wall and ones i remembered uh the brutal legend one was uh an fmv of like a a vinyl record case and you were like flipping it over flipping pages taking records out depending on the things you were in the menu for there was something very similar in no straight roads where they like designed the interface to look like something from like a indie music shop oh yeah that and no straight roads was the game that was like 
people like high fire rush, but not as good. Yeah. Okay, high fire rush, but bad. There you go. Easy. Um, and then the last one I remember I I jotted down was a bad game, uh, but Detroit Become Human. Yeah. You had that AI woman uh, named Chloe. Yeah, they were really like uh, kicking off with the dodgy Uncanny Valley effect right from the beginning in that game, weren't they? Yeah, and the further you'd get into the game, when you'd go back to the menu, she'd almost like ask you to stop playing, and she'd be like worried about your progress in the game. And eventually you could reach a point where she asked to be set free, and on the main menu you can set her free, and then she just leaves, and she's just no longer on the main menu. As with so like, many things in David Cage's oeuvre, Solid idea, kind of dodgy yeah. execution because yeah. his characters are all terrible. Yes, that is a problem. Um, yeah, what is uh, uh, what's what's it's a lot of money? I always like the approach to um, title screens that uh, Half Life Two and uh, various Half Life Two spin offs used, where the title screen would just be like a, a single, like a fixed camera shot of one of the environments from the game. And there'd be like NPCs walking around. Like, this was what's just going on generally when you're not around. Sure, sure, sure. And, Which is the, nice. the, the, and if you like started the game after you'd like uh, saved the game, having gotten a few missions in, it would be something from later on in the game. Yeah. I do like a, menu, a main menu that changes depending on where I am in the game. That knows, like, next time I load into the game, this is where I am. And that will show me something different. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, um, is that? I think the Dead Space remake does that. Like if, like you start the game and it opens like the holographic in-world menu, and if you press continue, it just goes away and instantly you've you'll say, "Haha, we already loaded your save in the background. You didn't notice." <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, so clever. Punked. Um, yeah, there was also like uh, uh, I think of three D platform, three uh, D platform was trying to think of cute ways to just represent your save files. And like uh, yeah, both Banjo Kazooie yeah. and Psychonauts had that, where it would be in Banjo Kazooie, it was like the camera would kind of whip around Banjo's house, and your three save files would be like Banjo on the couch, or Banjo taking a nap, or Banjo by the fireplace. And then hmm. Psychonauts was like the different bunks in the because they were at summer camp, so the kids' bunks. It's funny how it's funny how often they messed around with that sort of thing back in that specific era. Yeah, and as long as it's, I mean, with that kind of stuff, it's you only engage with it. When you're loading in the game and it's quick enough to where it, it it remains cute and it's not that fable three thing where all of a sudden it's like what are you doing here like why <laughs> yeah. why am i going back to this place it, every it, single time it establishes the theme very well in ways it does, that yeah. uh, like the shitty menus of modern games do not yeah they're always, they're always so like square and clinical as well i always like say it's like it's like reading a ikea catalog or something especially something like destiny 2 I mean, if when I think back to games like uh, Deus Ex, like uh, sort of an in-universe interface sort of thing, and um, they'd have like a diagram of your character showing how much health was in each part of the body. It feels like modern interfaces don't do that so much. It's just like a list of boxes. There's not so much yeah. flair or illustration. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, it's, it's almost like designed by like an algorithm to be like, what is the like least offensive and most uh, agreeable font we can use, and this is what you're going to get. Yeah, like you're going to get the 
least offensive or contrarily most offensive that will make yeah. people have that Vegas casino effect. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, the last thing uh, I wanted to bring up was um, when it comes to menus where you're navigating your inventory, um, sort of the gamifying of that. And obviously the one that comes to mind for me is uh, Resident Evil 4. Oh, yes. The, the sort of attache case tetrising of Resident Evil items doesn't make any sense in like the world really mm. um but became a thing that i loved doing and even on my recent replay i was like man this is still really great and then i'm, I'm playing a, another game called dredge now that uses a similar yes um, uses a similar inventory system um which makes sense because in that one you're like you know you're you're a fishing boat and you only have so much space on your boat um yeah yeah i like always liked the uh i liked uh, sorting my resident evil 4 in inventory guns on the top left with the ammo box next to the gun usually health items in the top right and maybe grenades in the bo- bottom right and miscellaneous in the bottom left there must be think, a system yeah i was about to say do you think that there's like a personality test um based on if you look at someone's attache case like by the end of the game like what it looks like and be like oh no this person's a serial killer yeah i think th- there's a uh, might be something to that Boy, I people hope Atachi Case at me for uh, uh, combining herbs too early. Boy, I hope Atachi Case sorting is in the Resident Evil Four remake. I wonder when no we'll way. find out. There's no way. There's no way we're gonna know. Tune in this week on Bargo Busters. I mean, I, it's in the demo, so I, you can say it's. Oh, okay. You could do, you could do in the demo. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yes. Apparently, we're not allowed to say whether or not we've got a review code for Resident Evil Four. Don't say it then. Well, I didn't. I said we're not allowed to say whether or not we have a review code for Resident Evil 4. Um, did you know in the demo, if you reload the demo enough, one out of like 20 times, you'll start with a sack on your head, apparently. That's kind of cute. Yeah, you'll just I be guess. a sack head. I don't know. I thought that was weird. I don't want a sack on my head. Those men are I'm, scary. Get the dudes out played, of here. I haven't played the demo. Fuck. You're behind the curve. Oh, am I? <laughs> let's go to chat <laughs> <laughs> let's go to super chats uh everyone tuned uh, my into first one i have was uh eric cartman from the hit television show south park yeah you might want to start because again i've lost the first uh, super chats yeah no problem uh eric cartman with a five dollar dono thank you so much how do you feel about games like cruelty squad that deliberately make their ui elements fucking hideous as a conscious artistic choice well, that was certainly part of having to understand the experience of that game. Yeah. I mean, it was deliberately looked horrible, and it did look horrible. Well done, Cruelty Squad. You pulled it off. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, other games. Cause I generally want things to look clean or stylish. I'm trying to think of, like, chat, do you guys have any examples of other ones that are, like, genuinely ugly, but maybe for a purposeful effect? Like, did uh, Hell Pie, did that have, like, poo or, like... Anything like that, everyone? Not that I recall. I think it just had a fairly functional interface. Yeah. Uh, people are saying Vangers. People are saying Inscription. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, okay, thank you so much, Eric Cartman. Uh, the War Boss of Crone. I've just been in Tip Jar for, for nine months. Thank you so much, War Boss. Uh, Sasuke, uh, been in Early Access. A messy UI is a symptom of an unfocused game. Uh-huh. Untidy room, untidy mind. Happy wife, happy life. Think about that. Yeah. I just that was the first rhyme I could think of. 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. I think it's, it's another one of those problems where it is an unsung hero. It is, mm. um, it is almost like uh, uh, people say this about like sound design in movies, yeah, where yeah. if you do it right, it's, no one notices it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you if you fumble the bag, then everyone's like, "What the hell happened here?" Counterpoint: Persona Five. You can do it loud, and yeah. yeah, I guess that's the two uh, edges of the spectrum. Either yeah. end, either end of the spectrum is fine, but in the middle is where the problems happen. Um, Husky Highlander, five dollar dono. How do you feel about No Man's Sky's method of UI? It seems to have caught on. I don't know what No Man's Sky's method of UI. I, is. I just do seem you? to recall the menus having that Destiny IKEA catalog problem. Um, was it? You can't like see your character in there, can you? Um, no are you a character? I actually so. don't know what you are in No Man's Sky. You You're a man? dude. You're a dude in a space hat. Hell yeah, I like space hats. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's another. Oh, I guess I don't. I also don't know if No Man's Sky's menus changed a bunch since it got oh, like, completely I, recalled. Yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, Herb Fornum, new member uh, with twenty five zloty. Thank you so much. Uh, just to clear the confusion about Wojciech the Bear, both Wojciech and we please move on from Wojciech the Wojtek Bear. are valid. It's similar uh, to the case of say Bill and Billy. Listen. Uh, First off, I want to talk about that bear every week. And second off, I'm glad I'm glad that we're realizing that bear is so great. He gets uh, several ways of saying his name. Is it like a is it like a regional thing? Like I was taught in German, uh, like the German word for I is ich, I C H. But in yeah. some parts of Germany, you'd say ich, and in some parts you'd yeah. say ich or ich. Yeah, might be that, or it just might be like the the you know uh, uh, Nick or Nicky. Mart, Mart, Marty, Martin, sort of like the different, different Pokemon evolutions of a first name. Like how Charl, Charlie is short for Charles, even though it has the same number of letters. Oh, that is weird. Hmm. We gotta get to the bottom of that. What's what's going on over there? I don't like that at all. Uh, Captain Seasick with uh, twenty sek. Thank you so much. Ahoy! Longtime fan of ZP. First time watching live. Welcome aboard, so Captain Seasick. What Thank a very so nautical much. person you are, by the sounds of right? it. Uh, right? Grossman Naples. I think this uh, is where I can cut in. Hell yeah. Doran Grossman Naples gives $10 and says, OW2, Overwatch 2, took me a moment, removed both settings and highlights buttons from their main menu in exchange for BP and shop. Feeling good about pulling off a cool play is bad. You are only allowed to feel good about spending. Yeah. So gross. That was, that was my so point. So gross. I don't like that. Money. I don't like it. Give us all your money, you bastards, is what uh, those games are saying. Oh, I thought you were saying that. Patent Pike gives $5 and says, I just want to use a controller and not have to move a cursor around a menu screen. Same. Yes, certainly. Why is it so much worse than using a mouse? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess it's just pointing and pointing and like pointing and clicking is obviously going to be faster and more intuitive. I guess, than yeah. Moving an analog just, stick because I guess everyone's used to using a mouse now. You don't really have to think yeah, about it. Can... I want that. Click. It's mine. Yeah. Having to we were move playing some game around. recently. That, yeah. Feels I guess pointing and clicking bad. is even more like it's. I feel like it uses the same sort of sensory imagery as just pointing, like touching things on your phone screen. Yeah. Want me wanty touch, yeah, leaving finger marks all over the screen. 
uh, I feel like we're hitting a little close to home here. Bag of Decks, member for 10 months in early access, says, fell off D2 hard, playing Stardew stroke Deep Rock instead. Now, oh, that what do we nice. think D2 is? I'm assuming Destiny 2. I, I, was, I immediately thought Diablo 2. And then I thought oh. of... I thought of D2, that weird uh, uh, that was like survival D- horror game. There was D, and then yeah. there was that there was D3 D- or D4, which was like Dreams Don't Die. There was D, and there was a D2, which was, I think, by the same guy as D. And then there was D4, which was a sweary game and completely unconnected. Yeah, yeah that was an Xbox launch title. Or Xbox uh, One X, or Xbox One, whatever the fuck are those consoles are named. Xbox, get your shit together. Just put numbers after them. Yeah, like 360. Yeah. A sensible well, number. <laughs> Hawker Bridging gives 499 and says, One of the reasons I've been slow to beat Xenoblade is because it has way too many menu stroke submenus that make it confusing to navigate all of the systems. Oh, who is it who does those um, good design, bad design videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah. So I know the one two, you're talking about. Yeah, there's two channels I like. One's called Design Doc and one's called Game design Maker's Doc, Toolkit. Yeah. And I can never ever yeah. tell them apart. I One think, of those uh, two does the good design, bad design every now and again. I think that's Design Doc. Okay. Game Maker's Toolkit has done like the boss keys where, because um, I watch every time I'm finishing a Zelda game, I'm watching his video on said Zelda game yeah. where he like analyzes a single dungeon in that game to represent what the dungeon dungeon sort of mentality was the whole well, game. Yeah. I mean, if you want to like a crash course on GUI, just go and watch all of those good design, bad design videos. Also, if you want to crash course on the real GUI, I got some GUI videos for you guys, but we'll share those off stream. We've established what GUI means. Don't confuse the children. Bahaba. Um Captain's... I mean, bring up. Yeah. Oh no, just bring up Xenoblade, like JRPGs. Um, I guess RPGs as a whole, because although man, remember the Mass Effect One menu? How ugly those were. Oh yeah, that was like um, <laughs> that was like uh, Generation One iPad interface design. <laughs> Yeah, those are really ugly. Um, but uh, yeah, RPGs as a whole, where you have a bunch of items and stats and stuff, that's I feel like that's a very easy place to have a slippery slope towards um, making your menus too convoluted, which is why when a game does it well, like Persona 5, I think it really stands out. Well, Captain Seasick gives 50 Swedish krona and says, not on topic, but since it's March 13th, just want to say happy pie day in advance, guys. On that note, what are your respective favorite pie flavors? Oh, my God. That's pie day is tomorrow. 3.14159. Yes. Shout out to pie. Um, well, um, obviously, as a Britain stroke prior Australian resident, I like a, quite a few savory pies. And I know mm. pie is, unless it's pizza, tends to be have a sweet filling in this country it does i occasionally make shepherd's pie for my family and it always goes down very well i think shepherd's pie is great love, love there, was a, meat pie. there was a pie that i used to get from like a street corner bakery back in brisbane that was like chili con carne with a layer of cheese on the top Ooh, that sounds good that was a love that was a very tasty pie that i was fond like of I'm a big I'm a big pie guy. I'm usually pie over cake, honestly. Like you, you give me you give me a nice cherry, you give me a good apple, raspberry, uh, rhubarb. I'll take pie or cake, frankly. So if Ooh. you guys want to send us pies or cakes, oh key don't lime. Do that. Key, key lime would good. be my choice for sweet American pies. You've brought up you've brought up key lime before. What do you what about banana cream? You fuck with banana cream? Uh I prefer banoffee. Okay. Who's that? 
banoffee is sort of a British uh, uh, tart-like dessert that's banana and toffee. Mm. Simply enough. Not you. Mm. He's no, you said <laughs> He didn't wake up. You, right. you rang. Uh, Daniel TH gives $5. It says, sending y'all some moolah because i got to get on the road soon. Love, DTH. Okay, thanks. Oh, I forgot Thank to mention, so much, uh, Pi Day is March 14th because 3.14 is the first few digits of Pi. Mm -hmm. Just in case anyone didn't realise that. How many digits of Pi do you know? 3.141592653. Four if you're going to keep going, but five if you're going to stop there. And we are going to stop there, so it's five. Okay. Uh, Hot Robin, a member for 16 months in early access, says, Listening, got my newborn to sleep. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, you might want to try putting on those four-hour zero punctuation compilations in that case. Oh my God! What kind of a baby? What kind of a baby would would we be raising in this society if they were raised just listening to zero punctuation compilations? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I should start inserting Mancunian candidate style instructions into those. Oh things. no! Oh no! Don't have them assassinating politicians. Just between videos, just say subscribe to the Patreon and then press straight <laughs> on to the next one. Uh, the climate change barbarian gives six ninety nine Canadian dollars and says Dark Souls had cumbersome menus. Dark Souls 2's menus were a huge improvement, a part of why I prefer it. I guess they were a little unintuitive. Not quite Destiny 2 level. No. Uh, it was also, it does the thing where uh, you click into a thing and it'll just show you a bunch of numbers and you'll be like, I don't know what these numbers mean. Dark Souls menus... Like, it's a D yeah. and fist. And I was like, what does a D and fist mean? Dark Souls menus felt like classic RPG menus. Like old it school... Did. Yeah, or like looking at a character sheet. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I guess like anything, once you... To me, there's there's sort of two things. There's menus that can make really good first impressions where right off the bat, I'm like, oh man, this is really intuitive and I get it. And then other ones, by the end of a game where I feel really comfortable in a menu. If I reach the end of a game and I still don't feel comfortable in a menu, like God of War 2, uh, Ragnarok, mm. then I was like, you you did something wrong here at this point yeah. um there's certain rpgs have got me the same way and whereas like by the end of dark souls i feel like i can i could do things quickly especially because in dark souls you kind of have to do things quickly yeah yeah it, you uh figure it out after a yeah. while doodle, doodle, doodle. it'd be nice if you could actually uh use the menus to pause the game in offline mode but you know there's <sighs> me asking for the earth again it, it seems like a very easy ask in my opinion just let me pause the game in offline mode, specifically. In offline mode, yes, yeah. we know of you and your online shenanigans, Dark Souls. I don't want to uh, shenanigans. Mr. Arms and Legs gives five Canadian dollars. It says, any of you bothered by contextual button, map icons, etc.? Seems really messy. Replaying SOTC, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, I think, and impressed mm -hmm. by lack of anything. Yeah, I mean, if you go back even like ten years, you'd be surprised how contextual buttons everywhere wasn't the thing that it is now mm -hmm. what do what do, what do we think started the contextual button prompt thinking back ocarina i think resident evil 4 had a lot of them or ocarina time yeah ocarina. resident evil 4 was pretty big on contextual button prompts i mean i, th I literally think ocarina time created like i think i watched a video where they said that they created the 
the idea that like A and B would be used as different things depending on if you are by a ladder or by a door or talking to a character or about to open a chest or you know what I hated was the contextual button prompt in what was it the division I think where you walk up to something and the contextual button prompt would appear over it as a sort of like a physical thing in the world which meant that mm. if you were stand if your character was standing in front of it you couldn't read the fucking thing uh, I mean, the worst, the, going back to Dark Souls, as much as we love those games, if someone puts a fucking message at the bottom of a ladder and then you can't climb the ladder because you keep reading the message. Oh, dead. Those people. Naughty. I've seen like uh, people playing that game uh, where they've been trying to summon Sif for the uh, uh, Manus boss fight, but mm-hmm. someone's put a fucking text over the top of the summon sign so they can't, God. They can't summon Sif. <laughs> Genuine monsters. He's not a Absolute great deal of use in that fight. He's filling more a sort of hey, it's that dog roll. I think every game needs a hey, it's that dog roll. Um, uh, yeah, boy, uh, I hope hey, it's that dog is in the RE4 remake. I, what, I wonder when we will find out. Tune in to Bargo Busters. Uh, last thing on this <sighs> one. Uh, I do like like the minimalism of uh, Team Eco's um, menus and ui and everything um same thing with like journey something very nice and clean about it uh anyway so Derek 1980 member for nine months in early access says remember when mgs5 had a companion ui app i don't actually i remember splatoon <laughs> had a companion app so you could actually talk to your teammates with it <sighs> watchdogs had one yeah well it kind of makes sense for that game didn't Destiny have like a the original Destiny had a bunch of things and a companion grimoire? See that sort of yeah. shit takes me out of the game. It's like yeah. when you play a PS5 game and the radio communication comes through the speaker on your controller. Like in universe, it's supposed to be coming from our character's radio, and not like so. It should be coming from the TV. Like all the sounds coming from the rest of the character's equipment. Yeah, but when it's coming out but... of my controller, it sort of breaks immersion for me. I will say, this that is one thing I I, uh, I, I do still like. That. I do still clap like a dumb seal um, at, at a well-placed use of, of having sounds come out of my controller. I'll always remember the one the one I like the most was in Transistor. Because your sword has like the spirit of your dead boyfriend, and your yeah. sword talks to you and talking to you through the controller. I always like that one. If you like, if you I like that. Like, oh, I do. Oh, look, Jackson Jewell, member for nine months in the access, says, It is almost Pi Day. The pie is not a lie. What's this obsession with Pi Day all of a sudden? I think it's just getting more and more popular. The the, num- the number nerds love it. People, You're a number nerd. Number you nerds, just rattled off all those yeah, pies. Yeah, those number nerds who like showing off how many digits of pie they know. Yeah. I only know nine because that's exactly how many would display on my pocket calculator at school. Oh. I knew it because of a song... Sine, sine, cosine, sine, 3.14159. I don't know why I know that, but it's helped me in pub trivia. Stacy's mom has got it going on. 8675309. Anyway. Uh, Scavenger gives $5 and says, Does the game being mouse, stroke, keyboard, or controller affect the menu layout and interactivity? Well, yes. Yeah. We're talking about how games that have the mouse pointer for the controller which is shit and games that don't when you do have a mouse pointer which is also shit 
Yeah, it's the problem now that like so many games are kind of homogenized between consoles and and PCs that they need to find some happy medium between them. Yeah, I've played like, a lot that... of like PC games where they still have like a radial menu that's intended to be navigated with an analog stick. Sort your mic out, Marty. Oh my god, I got caught in my cuff. Holy shit. How does how does that even happen? I don't know how that happens. Uh We didn't we didn't bring up radial menus yet. I no, feel like that was a big that was a big moment. Okay. When did that did that happen in G, was GTA the first one? The first one I remember a menu sort of made use of sort of radial functionality was in Beyond Good and Evil. Mm. Where when you were like typing in things like your name or a code for a door, there'd be like this yeah. weird spiral that you'd control with the analog stick, and it was really intuitive yeah. to use. I remember liking that. Feels like that generation got a lot of them. Yeah, and I like a radio menu. I think is great. I like. I really like uh, swapping weapons in the modern Doom games because you get the radio menu, and plus it slows things down a little bit. Mm. So in the middle of combat, you get like a moment to breathe, and then you switch over to to your your grappling hook shotgun, and then you. Well, I use mouse again. and keyboard with Doom twenty sixteen and Doom Eternal because it's a first person shooter, and that is how God intended. It's fucking. It's a game set in hell. It doesn't care what God intended. God is Fair. God is dead, and the Doom Slayer ripped his heart out. That is what Satan intended. Uh, oh, I think I might have lost a couple again because the chat did the thing where it scrolled all the way to the bottom when I didn't ask it. Bugging chat, Ricky with five Canadian dollars. Spec Ops line: the main menu deteriorates as you go through the story, which is very neat, but it's also missable if you beat the game in one playthrough. Uh funny. So we talked about the last year for whatever anniversary it was. It must have been the, the 10th anniversary. We we had a whole episode on it. And I literally played through the game in one playthrough. And so I completely did miss that um, mm. that changing menu. And then I looked up a little video on it. And I was like, oh, that's neat. Spec Ops, pretty good game. Yeah, funny that. Yeah. Uh, Gary Davies uh, with oh, a five-pound donation. Oh, Gary perfect. Davis gives five pounds and said, I tried Call of Duty Warzone once. Yes, shame me. I deserve it. But the menu system was so complicated, I ended up rage quitting. Probably for the best. Yeah, that that was attached to Black Ops 4, wasn't it, Warzone? So there was like uh, 19 different yeah. game modes that that whole menu system had to summarize. Yeah, and, and then Warzone became the sort of the, the one that is now free, and so like ongoing Call of Duty is now just Warzone. I want to say Black Ops 4 was when I first started noticing the uh, AAA game stroke casino lobby comparison. I was thinking Black Ops 4 was the first one to not have a campaign. Yes, yes, yeah. pissing in, pissing in the other eye for that. I pissed in one <laughs> eye, and I would piss in the other eye for that reason. I, would, I feel like that's just going to full mask off and being like, all right, you're, yeah. you're, we're just here to take money from you. It's always how it works. I did a extra punctuation on like the death of the live service, and it always mm -hmm. happens that way. They always try to get us to want multiplayer. They say, you don't want single-player games. Here's something that's multiplayer only, and we'll treat single-player users like the scum they are. And then um, everyone gets pissed off. And then some really good single-player games come out and everyone goes, oh, shit. Turns out that people do like single-player games and the cycle begins yeah. anew. Never ends. It's happened like three times in my lifetime. They've said, uh, multiplayer only now because it makes us the most money and we don't care. And then really good single-player games come out and everyone goes, well, hush my mouth. Yeah. 
I think it's good single player games have never stopped coming out. So I don't know no, why anyone no. ever thinks they're going away because like they're 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 consistent. Well, Sometimes that pendulum has to swing to the indies, but well, it's because the AAA industry keeps trying to make it go away so they can sell their live services. I mean, every time this cycle comes around, there's like a paid for article in the mainstream like uh, game media outlet saying, "Are single player games dead?" Question mark. And that's always the intended effect to try to like force uh, them to be dead. But they always keep coming back, and they never learn. Yeah. Anyway. SVSCO2000 gives 10 euros and says, Is an embargo an actual contract between media and game publishers, or is it just the publisher whacking their finger and saying, You better keep your mouth shut or we'll cut off your kneecaps? It's the second one, SVSCO2000. There's no law or legal action that will happen if you break embargo. They just stop giving you shit if you do. Uh, And uh, to, to... no, I guess not to be a pedant, but uh, so the NDA is a thing. Yeah, you the sign. NDA is a legal thing. Yes, um, the and non-disclosure so, agreement. Yes, and so um, those don't usually come with uh, uh, embargoes for like early review copies. Usually, just agreed up like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, uh, and if you break the embargo, they could just be like, "Well, fuck you, we're not sending you stuff anymore." And NDA, the times I've had NDAs have been like doing go, visiting a studio and filming a documentary, yeah. and then being like, "Hey, you might walk by people working on games that haven't been announced yet. Yeah. We have the ability to sue you if you talk about those things." You gotta think because there's so many gaming media outlets. A, pro- a lot of them probably do break embargo and get away with it. I mean, I have once or twice because yeah, it's hard for them to like yeah. notice or want to like go out of their way to uh antagonize just one small media outlet because it just sure, sure i mean there's also there's like a thing going on now where this there's this one website that keeps like the the morning of any conference or any um like nintendo not nintendo direct or like the capcom thing last week they'll just post the news stories from it and they'll mm-hmm. say sources gave it to us this and everyone knows their source was a journalist who got briefed on it like every other journalist and then yeah. just broke embargo and it's kind of like well that's not like what are we doing it feels here? like it would be very easy to just anonymously break embargo but when you yeah. do something like that embargo tune in the embargo busters we're gonna we're gonna break made up embargoes too so we're just gonna tell yeah. you a bunch of lies about games as well yeah there's an embargo on captain c6 next super chat oh look oh, i'm gonna no. break it right now oh no Captain Seasick, 50 Swedish Chrono, and says, As a PC gamer, I take a crappy main menu over being forced into the game right as I start it. Let me fiddle with the options before I begin, damn it. I'm completely with you, Captain Seasick. Mm-hmm. There's so many games, lately where you start, a, you start it up and it just instantly starts a new game without like letting me stop at the menu screens to make sure everything's set up the way I like it. Yeah. Let me have everything slightly brighter than I should because I'm afraid of darkness. Yeah. So, like, sometimes if you're using a slightly older PC, like you want to... Turn things down a bit so you don't overtax your hardware. Yeah. No, I could. I completely agree with you. I want. I want big chunky subtitles. Give my big chunk chunky subbies everywhere. Yeah. Do you play games with subtitles? Yeah. Because you know yeah. there's going to be lots of explosions if if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it'd be nice to be able to hear it. If we're lucky. <laughs> oh, there's a bit. Uh, there's a bit in a recent game I played where the main character says something and uh, he says it in Spanish. And mm-hmm. um, uh, if you haven't got subtitles on, you won't know what they said. Because if you put the subtitles on, they translate what they're saying. Mm. And I, like the dude had like sort of a, a grumbly, uh, grouchy hero voice as well. So I, I wasn't even sure he had spoken Spanish or if he just said some weird thing I hadn't quite heard. Can I guess what game you're talking about? Hmm? Can I guess the game you're talking about? You can guess, but I won't confirm. It is WWE 2K23. 
which comes out later this week. And you were face you were facing off against Rey Mysterio Jr., known speaker of Spanish. You may very well think that. I can't possibly comment. <laughs> that dog. <sighs> uh, James FMC. Welcome to credit. God, I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to after next week's reviews out. <clears throat> Uh, high school. So <laughs> yeah, I've got. Sorry to, to not talk. talk about things. Turns out I've got a lot I want to talk about about That's a game good. that I'm I will glad. be reviewing next week. I'm happy. I'm happy you're able to review it before you go on your long sojourn. I'm happy as well. well just as well they gave us the review code so early ahead of time for WWE for 2K23. This, yes, for this game we're not we're not allowed to mention. Anyway, Heisko gives £4.99 and says, Worst menu stroke UI experience? Something like Sonic Free Riders on Kinect comes to mind. Oh God, I've played so many games and so many years have those shitty Destiny 2 menus, it's hard to pick one. Kinect menus might be the worst. Fable Legends had a really bad one. Mm. Um, uh, wait, was that what the Fable Kinect game was called? Oh, I don't know. Fable Legends? Hogwarts Legacy was the most recent one I hated that I kept yeah. noticing because I hated it so much just because with all those fancy animations that force you to sit through. I literally went to the settings menu to see if there was an option to turn that fucking stuff off. <laughs> there wasn't? And there absolutely was not, no. <sighs> I tend to do um, that because these days I, I always think to myself, wait, if I complain about this, someone in the review comments is going to tell me there was an option to turn it off, so I'd better check. Yeah. Fable the Journey, that was the one I was thinking of. Fable Legends was the game that was cancelled. Oh, okay. Wait, Thank Fable you. the Journey came out? I thought that Fable was the canceled. Journey was a Kinect game. Oh, say no more. That's why no one played it. Yeah, Fable Legends was one that got cancelled. Okay. Fenlig gives $5 and says, Do you think Voitek, Voitek, however you say that, carried his smokes around in an Atachi case? Oh my god. I would love to see that bear have to organize his various herbs, his grenades, his, his first herbs. It's herbs. He's got red herbs. herbs. You got yellow herbs. In that yeah. game, we're not allowed to talk about. Hey, I just played through all the original Resident Evil Four. I could talk about oh, that okay. game all I want. And yeah, maybe you get herbs in uh, WB Two K Twenty Three. Yeah, let's talk about the original Resident Evil Four. We can we can talk about that all day if we want. Oh my god, I would love to. You know what I'm bummed about? This is going to be your last slide something else for several weeks. Will it? Uh, oh, I think yes. so because you're at, you're at GDC next week, and then you're going to be gone two Mondays in a row. You're yes. going to be back to the tenth. Can we just talk? Can we talk about Resident Evil Four on the tenth? Uh, and that's going to be very far away. It's possible they'll they'll already announced a million other things. I just really want to talk about Resident Evil Four. Well, I'll be doing a post CP stream next week of a certain game that we're not allowed to talk about. And, could, and for some reason, I somehow think we could we could probably talk about it there. Call him dibs. <clears throat> Uh, Ricky gives two twenty Canadian dollars and says, "Yats, any tips you can give me to help learn French?" Well, there's like sites the way you can do that now, like Duolingo. Duolingo, yeah. You can just go there, and if you just uh, keep up with daily lessons for a couple of months. But uh, what I found when I was like learning French on a whim a while back is that there's really not much point in doing it unless you've got a use for it in your daily life, because that's mm. the best way to learn. And you're just yeah, learning, and you're just learning it to look cool, then it's pretty easy yeah. to fall off and get bored. And then if you stop doing it, then a couple of months later, you just forget about it all again. Uh, the, the, learning, the learning thing reminded me. Uh, there's a game coming out. Uh, I've had it on my wish list for a while called Shashingo. And it is like a, a cute little uh, photography game, kind of like Pokemon Snap. But it helps you learn Japanese. So you're like walking through a little mm. village and town and taking pictures of things. 
and you're, you're learning Japanese. I think the game looks delightful. See, that sounds cute, but it feels like it would only like teach you nouns and shit. Would it teach you like sentence structure and grammar and all I, of that? I literally don't know how it could. <laughs> oh, quite. That's a very good point. It's like, I mean, I've seen educational games, but sooner or later, something like Duolingo, where you just go down a test, is really the best way to learn that sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, Van, member for 15 months in early access, has finished Wo Long. The combat is great. ZP when? Well, there'll have, to, there'll have to be a fucking slow year uh, coming up pretty soon for me to come back to it, because uh, there's a lot of shit I have to get through. Yeah. I have been playing it. I have been playing it sort of casually, just like a little bit at a time. Mm. And uh, I don't feel terribly excited about it. Don't write them down to a CP. If if it's not sparking joy, then don't do it. Uh, John M. says, Brit here living in Japan. Ooh, it's a weeb. Loved the mention of D4. Met Swery for work at the Tokyo Game (gasps) Show. And I asked him about D4. He said it's something he's pursuing still. So he's actually seriously wants to do another episode of that. Well, if Shenmue 3 came out. That's true. (laughs) That game can't be nearly as expensive as that. I didn't think anyone particularly cares about D4. I think it was more a sort of, you know, oddity in between lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. Clover and Aeneas, member for seven months in bonus content, says, and don't forget D3, the one Blizzard made that no one liked at first. (laughs) Also, oh, seven wow, months. Wow. wow, time is inexorably marching us all into the abyss. Smiley face, Rip. banana. Rip. I guess Diablo Diablo Four will be an interesting one coming up soon. Of of how its menu is handled because it feels like Diablo was one of one of the earliest games that was trying to nickel and dime you hmm. and and toss you into an auction house and yeah. let you sell your stuff. So yeah, I'll be curious about that. I remember there was a big stink made about Diablo Three because it was always online, even if you played it single player. Yeah, and I, re- and I remember those days fondly because we used to throw a stink about that sort of thing. Yeah, that came out around the same time as uh, SimCity 2013, and man, those were those were disasters. We should have complained more. People just don't seem more. to care that much about games being always online anymore, even if they're single player. Oh well, uh, I guess my thing is like I need to like. I guess, yeah, I, I'm apathetic towards it just because I'm always online. I don't know, I guess. Mm. And that's a bad that's a bad reason. Like, I, sh- I, should, I should be more proactive about it, but if it doesn't, like, actively get in my way, then I have a hard time complaining about it. When, mm. when it comes to relatively unimportant stuff, I guess. Well, anyway. Uh, Scavenger gives $10 and says, I liked the clean Zoom on the City menu from Mirror's Edge or the Zip Around ones of Arkham City and Tomb Raider remake. There's mm-hmm. an evolving title screen page on TV Tropes. It goes way back. Ooh. Well, well, there you go. I'm absolutely going to look up that. Uh, Phil Myassup gives a 50 Norwegian Cronus and says, I think that overly designed stroke flashy menus that take ages to load makes me discouraged to open them and can even take me out of the experience. Quite yeah. loading screens, loading screens in a menu. Holy shit! Like, I wish, if, if, if I can't open my menu and just be at the thing, then I, I really hate the fact that someone's got a patent on loading screen mini games. That was yeah, such a good idea. Yeah, they should have like sort of been like the guy who invented insulin and just made it available for everyone. But then you didn't tell the second half of that story. <laughs> And that the pharmaceutical companies uh, said no, yep. no, and jacked up the prices. Yep. Um, 
But who needs who needs games during uh, loading screens when we could just load by shimmying through a crevasse? Uh-huh. Uh, we love that, that shimmying through crevasses, don't we? I or if crevasses aren't available, two boxes. <laughs> a gap between two large cargo boxes in a more industrial <laughs> setting. Love the shimmy. Jack Manson gives five dollars. Says, "Settle an argument for me, Yancey. Did you go UK, Australia, America, or Australia, UK, and America?" Well, I was born in the UK in 1983. I moved from the UK to Australia in 2003 when I was 20. I lived in Australia until 2016 when I moved to America. I Where hope that next? settles your argument, Jack Manson. Uh, Ooh, James, who do, who's Jack's argue? Who's Jack arguing with? I have no idea. Someone who apparently thinks I was born in Australia and is wrong. Savages. Uh, James FMC gives uh, £20 and says, I think it's a stretch to go conspiracy in how it'll make you have an IKEA effect of spending more. I simply think it comes down to incompetence and normal UI design. I personally like the cursor design on consoles, though. Boy, that's a lot of ways to be wrong in one super chat, James FMC. Eh. I like the UI design on console. I th- oh, well, I don't like the cursor design on console. Yeah, Jack, uh, James, I, 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 I wanted to agree with you because you're pro console, but no, I don't like it. Sorry. I think and, uh, the, and the dogmatic director, member for 10 months in bonus content, says, let me do the Skyrim thing where I favorite items and spells and press a button to access them, avoiding the menu entirely. Well, that's, that's one right. thing the modern menus won't let you do. Mm. Yeah, it's I like- think having some control over... Uh, uh, if I keep wanting to use this thing or pulling up this page, let mm. me sort of quickly go to yeah. it. It's like, like keeping that. a finger on a page when you're reading a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Uh, Ryan gives $5 and says, The best gooeys are gooey. Wet and gooey. See? What would be a good Hashtag example gooey. of a wet gooey gooey? Because I'm sure there have been some. Oh, a wet gooey, like a goo that's like Booger Man. Maybe it has like dripping bogeys yeah. and shit. Yeah. gooey that's wet and gooey was wet was the wet gooey gooey was the wet gooey wet well oh, if no. you're gooey well, I, if, I, well I would say that if you're gooey you have to necessarily be wet as well I think if you're if you're, be, if wanna, you're viscous then you're also wet I don't want to be here anymore Cornish Cream T07 gives £5 and says the best menus in games were the main menus in PS1 demo discs. They got really creative with their menu themes. I remember when uh, magazine demo discs used to have these really creative menus. Like, I think, yeah. I think PC Gamer for a while was doing like these full on first person mist style uh, rendered adventure games. Oh, you know, I love that. Explore a little environment and interact with characters to find the, the demos and stuff. The demos, yeah, yeah. Man, that was such a that was such a we we actually brought this up as we might at some point revisit as a as a topic the topic of demos but um yeah I I, I miss I miss the era of demo discs and I realize it won't mm. be coming back because of just the internet and everything else but um yep. I thought it was really nice that was really nice good way to sort of experience a few things you might not necessarily have tried out I would like deliberately yeah. want to try out you get your demo disc you thought well they put all the demos on here might as well give each one a token try and then you yeah. discover things you might never have thought you would have liked yeah get you outside your comfort zone it's like how you used to just leave the TV on and sometimes a show you hadn't like deliberately gone out of your way to watch would come on and you discovered you really liked it and then you and you had like a you know a broader tapestry of life 
Oh, I like that. Uh, Windfish26, member for 19 months in early access, says, came in late. Did you mention the Mario 64 main menu? Was that the one with the sort of Mario face executive toy where you could pull all the bits of his face? Yeah, yeah, you pull his face. Which that felt like a thesis statement for the entirety of the N64. It was like, look what we can do with this. It wasn't really a functional part of the menu, was it? I mean, unless they... No, it was like the pre-menu. Maybe the settings was under his ear and you had to pull his ear up to reveal the settings (laughs) menu. God, how bad would that be? Uh, No, once you clicked through it, it, it's just four save slots and then a setting thing. So pretty simple. Fair enough. Where was I? Lauren Fark, $5. Uh, Yes. Uh, Lauren Fark, yes, $5. It says, Persona 5 Royals menus would be very overwhelming if they didn't fit the vibe of the whole game. They are very intuitive. Yes, they are. Yeah. Also, if they didn't fit the vibe of the game, could you imagine playing like a, just a normal somber game and then all of a sudden yeah. you get those menus and you're like, yeah, what it's nice when the menus here? have some kind of thematic element. They always reminded me yeah. of a zine, the Persona 5 menus. Do you remember zines? Yeah. I do remember zines. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to good way to put it. Everything sort of looks like it's been cut out from a magazine and it's all high contrast, like it's been photocopied nine times. Yeah. Uh Guru two thousand gives five euros and says Pi Day only works if you list the month first and not the day, like normal people. Alternatively, uh YMD for computer sorting is also acceptable. Year, month, day, right, yeah. Uh well then, you don't get a Pi Day, yeah. so you don't get a Pi. So Because then if you anyone who source, lists if you list your date in year, month, day, then it's all uh, listed in consec- in like consecutive order, like it should be. Yeah. Although, year, month, day, it would be the the thirty first of April. Would that be like Pi Day for that? Because it'd be three one. Well, point. maybe if there was such thing as the thirty first of April. How many days are in April? Thirty. Fuck roasted. <laughs> That's one thing. I've, I've, I'm not even ashamed of this. I just, I don't know how many days are in any months other than I know uh, New Year's is on the 31st, so I know December is 31 days. Other than that, shit out of luck. God, this was kid stuff, man. 30 days, uh, half September, April, mm-hmm. June, and November. All the rest have 31 except February alone, which has 28 days clear and 29 in each leap year. Too many exceptions to the rules. I also don't like Daniel Scheinbar says, look at your knuckles. People have tried to teach me the knuckles thing and then I end up getting punched. I, I hate it. I hate it all. It's What's terrible. the knuckles thing? I don't know. It's like uh, each knuckle represents, <laughs> represents January, February, month. March, April, May, June, And then when you get to July. one end, you come back, I think. August, September, October, November, December. Oh, yeah, it does kind of work. No. I'm just going to remain ignorant because what? it doesn't matter. Fine. Stew in your ignorance like a... I mean, the worst that happens in my ignorance is when I bring up April 31st and someone corrects me that that's not a real thing. Uh, Ricky gives 11 Canadian dollars, says, can we talk about how ridiculous it is to get into retro gaming? I want to get into Silent Hill 1 and 4, but a physical copy goes for around $400. The remasters made by Konami are straight up broken. You can get four on GOG now, I think. Ten years ago, retro games just became stupidly expensive, and I don't know how this happened. Like, there was a long period of time where retro games weren't expensive, and then too many fucking nerds got too much fucking money, it and all of a sudden games yeah, became crazy expensive. It became a collector's market. It's crazy. Just download ROMs, like, us savvy types. Yeah, I mean, at that point, like, instead of paying $400 for Silent Hill, just... Yeah, until, until there's nothing wrong with come. pirating if the asking price for the actual game is unreasonable. I say. Also, Konami, just put the fucking games everywhere. What are you doing, Konami? Just put them everywhere. Yeah. 
now nah, nah, they just want to remake them all, don't they? Oh no, blooper team. Bloody blooper team. Uh, Captain Loin gives $10 and says playing the newest Fire Emblem and I cannot stress enough how much I dislike having to physically walk to or go through a loading screen in order to perform what used to be in-menu interactions annoying right oh well and it's like it's one of those things that's like really cute right right from the start and then you do it multiple times and you're like oh I hate this never mind uh, DS Vault gives $2 and says what about hold X to confirm versus press X Oh, I hate when they overuse hold X to confirm, don't you? Yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing a hold X to confirm game right now, and I keep forgetting to hold X. I don't. I hate when they make you hold X to use the contextual button prompts. Yeah, a lot of times those are accessibility options you could change in the menu. Well, uh, if sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Pascal Vos sixty nine gives ten euros. As there's about your views that Bioshock Infinite was centrist, I took it as a realistic depiction of revolution, a violent zero point after despotism, Fitzroy was towards the rich like Bolsheviks towards the royals. Well, clearly you've been stewing on this very informed opinion for some time, Pascal Halvos. I think that was, that may have been the original intention, but I think after the game got butchered before um, finally being dragged to the finish line, I think a lot of that intention was lost in the text itself. Okay. So I, I think your reading is, is pretty spot on, Yahtzee. Okay. Personally. Uh, Fenlig, welcome to Tip Jar. And uh, Red Tank 25 PLNs and says, Have you heard of a game High Fleet? What would you think of its interface? I have not heard of that. Give a, give a guess. What, you, what would you think? Look that up. Uh, High Fleet looks like uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strategy. Strategy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks a bit much. Oh, yeah, the third, the, or the fourth little image you can click on. on. Uh, oh, God. It's like very, a lot of in-world stuff. Looks like you were definitely looking at, looking at things. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at tactical desks. It seems nightmarish. Yeah, Martin Torres, you said it. Makes me think of the original interface for the original XCOM. Oh, was it like that as well? It was like a big old... It's like the old like retro 90s shooter problem where they just take over half the screen with a load of buttons on a big panel. Anyway, uh, Ricky gives 220 Canadian dollars and says, what is your go-to game to relax to? Well, there's plenty to choose from. You can play a nice cosy game like Stardew Valley. I tend to, these days I like to play something that's got sort of repetitive grindy combat that I can just do with my hands while I listen to something else. Uh, uh, my my go-to is always Katamari Damacy. Lately I've gone back oh. to uh, Noita. Do you remember oh, that yeah. one? I yeah, was playing yeah. that over the weekend for want of something to just play on the laptop while I was watching a video in the background. That was, uh, yeah. that's pretty fun. Kind of hard, but it's nice I mean, to just tiddle, piddle about with. The, uh, Power Wash Simulator, which we played um, last Thursday. I feel like that would be a perfect relaxing game. Yeah, not so much for the laptop. No. Sometimes I'll just uh, open the browser to Agario and just uh, move slowly around the game, eating things like a big fat horse. I don't, I don't even know what this game is. Agario? Agar.io. Agar. Agar. A-G-A-R dot I-O. 
It's basically just a browser game where you float around a big space as a big ball and try to absorb balls that are smaller than you. Well, that sounds nice. That's kind of like Katamari. If you like. If you like. Uh, Rendworth, member for 31 months in early access, says, Should menus change music playing or stay on track? Ooh. Hmm. I think they should... If it's like the game's got a particularly cool use bit of music playing, it should just, you know, fade out the volume on it a bit. Man, that's a good... I don't know. I like my menus almost being separate things. Like I'm thinking of Goldeneye. In the middle of a firefight, you can look at your watch and then you go into the menu and then you have kind of the chill menu music and I like that. Well, how do you feel if you were playing like Persona 5 and you were in a battle and it was playing TakeOver, which, as I've said before, is a banger. How would you feel if you had paused the game and the music just stopped dead in its tracks? I mean, am I pausing to, like, leave the room? Like, what, like... Uh, sure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I guess know. you don't need to because it's turn-based combat. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have unlimited time. Yeah, I kind of like your idea of, of if they're like quieting down. Yeah, still there, but it's just kind of on in the background. Uh, Scavenger gives five dollars. Says just realized being able to quit to menu seems to be going away. So many games just have you hard quit instead of returning to a menu. Yeah, we I were. Want uh... play, I want to play the game windowed in that case. Yeah, yeah, so we, we were talking nice, about that. Nice, oh. tasty cross I can click on. Ooh, love it. Uh, Tsunami Dusha gives $10 and says, Thoughts on the Kingdom Hearts unique UI? Your attack button actually being an attack option you're selecting on a menu and never paid attention to it. Weird. I've never really been a fan of those that sort of era of JRPGs. Hybrid uh interface between turn-based menu-based stuff and real-time combat i felt like it was yeah. the worst of both worlds it's uh it's in combat ui i'm not crazy about however i like its menu ai i think kingdom hearts is like it really it really leans into the simple and clean of its theme song uh and just going through the menus like and the menus that came are incredibly clean uh like like spotlessly uh and they're very strange i don't know why they look like that but um they're kind of soothing to me which is nice because you spend a lot of time in them so there you go there you go there indeed you go scavenger says fuck you five dollars says marty hold up your hands tuck your thumbs put your hands together count on each fingertip and between each finger each fingertip has 31 days that's so confusing scavenger that is so confusing it's so confusing. Why? I'll just remain ignorant. Just remember 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Easy peasy. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Yeah, see? You got it. And then just remember that February is the weird one. I know February is a weird one. And so all the rest of them are 31? Yes. 30 days okay. hath September, April, June, November. Okay, I feel like I can remember this. There you go. We'll see. Test me, test me in a couple months, and I probably will not remember. I will. I will test no. you when April 30th comes around. Oh, shit. Uh, Clover Danaeus gives $5 and says, Wish granted, Marty. Konami will announce they're going to adapt all their old games into pachinko machines. Uh, oh. oh, that was a monkey's paw wish, that was. I got monkey pod. 
Uh, Ricky gives two twenty CA dollars, Canadian dollars. Says favorite social link in P four and P five. Marty P three. The one that makes me laugh in P three is you play an online MMO and you meet a stranger, and if you max out your your um confidant link with them, you find out who the stranger was, and it's a it's a funny goof. I see. I like that one. Uh, P P four and P five. Uh, I re- I really like. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm trying to think of one favorite. It's. I'm hard. trying to think of like yeah. a non-character, like a non-party, a non-party member. member. Yeah, that really sticks out. What about the horny nurse? Oh, I love horny nurse. Yeah, horny yeah, nurse. Is great, the actually. horny nurse. Wait, in which game? Percent uh, four. Okay, because there's kind of like a horny doctor. Horny, horny milf nurse. Horny milf. Horny <laughs> milf nurse. Uh, there's a dude dying at the park. Uh, I like dude dying at the park. I think that was Persona Three. Dude dying at the park. Yeah, I don't think. I think there was an old lady in the park in Persona Four. Yeah, no, dude dying. At the I don't think there was a dude dying 3. in the park. Yeah, hey, he's like come to terms with death. He's very. He's a very strange man. Probably shouldn't talk to him. What about a horny teacher in Persona Five? teacher i like the things i get from horny teacher okay. I do not i do not like horny teacher fair enough i like drunk journalist uh if only because i like hanging out in that bar that bar is very nice okay i kind of like the uh, narrative arc for uh, mishima in Persona five because uh obviously he's a bit of a twat but uh, you know the game acknowledges he's becoming a bit of a twat and you need to go into mementos to untwatify him at one point yeah Twatify. Uh yeah. I like that one. Uh and it's important to do him because uh at the end you get full experience for even non equipped party members, which is very important. Uh James FMC gives ten pounds, says Yat and Muddy. Who do you see as your peers in your industry and how do you interact with them if at all? Yeah, I well, see I, I, see I like uh, solo game designers those mm. are the people I wish to command respect from I wish to join their ranks mm. I want people to like my solo games as much as they like as much as I like Lucas Pope's games I like that that's a, that's a nice way to put it uh, I go I go to bat a lot for uh, just people people are cranking away at various big sites and channels um, because I've worked at various big sites and channels, and I know that ninety nine percent of those people they're just they're just doing their best. They care about games. They want to do their best. Well, we're all doing so our best. I... That excuse didn't go down too well at the Nuremberg trials, did it? I knew you were going to bring up Nazis. <laughs> I was like, how is Nazi going to bring up Nazis now? It's uh, it's weird that I seem to do it enough that you can predict it. <laughs> Maybe it's just because Yahtzee rhymes with Nazi so well. It does. Uh, Geoc- uh, so, solo game dev. Sorry. Solo game dev one. That's nice. I like it. Uh, Geoc gives 22 rupees and no hey, message. Although underneath he says, good work again, Yati, and I will take that. Uh, Richard Wells gives $10. Says, back in the days of Super Mario 2, the pause menu continued the music, but just the rhythm section. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. I like that. And John Connor says, what is the best restaurant menu, though? 
Uh, not Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory is too long. Do you like? Uh, do you prefer the uh, small itemized list of a posh restaurant or the big laminated page of a less posh restaurant? I like small. I like small. Sometimes okay. I get worried, and there's too many. There's, there's like I get decision paralysis, and so so keep it simple. Well, I still like physical menus too. I don't like going to these places where I understand during COVID they're like save save paper and germs and take a picture of this QR code. I don't Remember, if the menu contains an actual picture of the food that it's advertising, it's not a classy restaurant. Uh, scavenging is especially when it looks like uh, they just googled it and it's just like a random yeah. JPEG of a burrito. Scavenger gives five dollars and says to answer the previous super chat: the fewer pages, the better the restaurant. Never trust a restaurant with more than two pages of menu. Yeah, you certainly wouldn't go. get along with the cheesecake factory, Scavenger. Oh, I've been there a couple of times, and you know when they got that many items on the menu, it's all coming out of the freezer. Yeah, oh, they're not. They're 100%. not. They're not prepping this at the place. You like how it has like it has this palatial feel to it, like there's coliseums. I'm like, this is no factory I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that. Every time I'm in a cheesecake factory, I was like, was this, did they like set this up in a converted church or something? Because <laughs> there, there was a pancake restaurant in Brisbane that actually was set up in a converted church. Oh, really? Yeah, That's you the- can sit in the pews and uh, uh, have you your pancakes. Sit- Amazing. Uh, Dogmatic Director gives $2 and says, also don't use impact font in your menus, FFS. Possibly reference to Shenmue 3, which does that very thing. Oh, I thought Dogmatic was talking about restaurant menus. Well, or any also probably even. Yeah, don't probably use Impact. I, got, I genuinely can't think of a place where you should use Impact these days. Uh, Paul says, gives $2 and says, how many days are in March and Nick likes poo-poo? Uh, Go. 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. So March is 31. Hey, you're internalizing something. Well, also, no March time. is 31, as I keep having to schedule things for the end of March and beginning of April. So, yeah, that is one reason I am. Well, okay, uh, we'll again we'll see several weeks from now if I remember anything. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll pick that up uh, next time we do slightly something else because uh, this will be the last one with me for a little while. Because as yes, Marty but... said earlier, I'll be at GDC next week, mm-hmm. and then, and then Milwaukee, Milwaukee the week after that. Ooh, yes. we could do in-person slightly something else. I think you guys are getting into Milwaukee like that day. Okay. Probably not. So there. that first one. I know I think Jack's joining me next week. Ooh. Um Yeah, and we'll figure we'll we'll figure out the rest of them. But we got we got all sorts of plans. Don't worry. There's gonna be all sorts of streams while you guys are going familiar people, people people you don't know, all these different streams. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. You guys might be doing some streaming from Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, and what's GDC? GDC is the Games Developers Conference. It's a conference held every year in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, don't I expect pref- E3-level stuff from it. But, no, I prefer, um, E3, I prefer GDC to E3 because GDC is much more insider-focused. It's more yeah. for the developers than the consumers. Last so time I was there was in 2008. I sat in at a roundtable on game narrative writing and had a lot of fun. Cool. I'll probably you do that again. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I've lived in like this area since uh, 2016, but never really had the excuse to go till now. Half of that time was a pandemic, so understandable. Yeah. Uh, Scavenging is $5. says, when do we get how to do food in video games? Discussion of trash can turkeys from Streets of Rage or Feast in Monster Hunter. I think sooner or later you have to accept that any form of healing in video games is going to be unrealistic. <laughs> 
so you might as well yeah. do it however you like. Plates of food, turkey in the bin, uh, just drink a bottle of uh, disinfectant, whatever. Yeah, grab a pineapple from the toilet and Bioshock yeah. Infinite. And then Ricky gives five fifty Canadian dollars and says, "Oh God, I remember the Silent Hill Two Pachinko trailer, and they remade MGS Three cutscenes using the Fox Engine, but only for Pachinko. My heart breaks." I well, know that's we'll Konami for remakes, you. and they'll, they'll release them. Everything will be fine this summer, I promise. Well, what have we got this week coming up? I've got my zero punctuation on Wednesday, which this week will be on the subject of the Metroid Prime remaster. Ooh, and uh, the post CP stream as usual at uh, 1 p.m. Remember the uh, daylight, daylight Savings was last weekend, if you're not in the U.S., so everything's going to have to shift it an hour. Yep. <clears throat> Always a pain in the ass when you've got young kids that you're trying to keep to a routine, for fuck's sake. Also for parts of the world who just didn't change, so yeah. uh, Nick was streaming with Amy yesterday, and there was a lot of confusion there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what else? Uh, I've got extra punctuation dropping for members on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's it for me. We're done with. I'm done with Thursday streams for a while. Did it? I'm proud of us. Uh, what, that, was what nice, that was a nice one to go out on. Yeah, it was a nice coda. The, yeah, because uh, Nick hated it, and we all we all teased him. <laughs> it was great. Go check out that uh, Parwa Simulator stream. So uh, what else yeah, got that's not me related coming up on these? Uh, not week? you related. Uh, later today, uh, Casey and Jesse will be back uh, with Hidden Gems at 6 p.m. Uh, playing a game called One Hand Clapping. I don't know what that is. Is that a masturbation reference? I don't know. There's art. The art looks nice and like cute. So I don't think it's a masturbation reference, but who knows? There's really no way of knowing. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, tune in. We'll have the recap at the normal time where we'll be talking about... Um, the end of uh, the last of us tv series which ended yesterday um nick will be playing more stuff for the editor's hour then wednesday we got breakout we got all all the good stuff yeah and then thursday more max Payne three in the morning and more uh half-life in the evening i think we're we're very close to to oh, going to a new, where did you leave it world. where did you leave it off last time then every time i don't what did we do last time chat where did we leave it off i feel like ace has just been doing very good okay did you get through surface yeah. tension we did. We did. Did you get through Forget About Freeman? Uh, I think that is the chapter we're on. You're still on Forget About Freeman? Don't know. Have you gotten to the Lambda Core? I've seen a lot of Lambda symbols. Have you had? Have you been through the second ninja room? Oh, Lauren says weird spinning. We did go through the second ninja room. That was a pain okay. in the ass. So you'll be in Lambda Core now. We're in a room where a bunch of shit's spinning. Oh, yes. Like, we got to do some oh. platforming on spinning things. Oh, you should have kept going until you reached Zen. You were, you were this close to Zen. Anyway, uh, James FMZ with the last minute super chat says, gives two pounds, says, do you have a panel at GDC Yards? No, I do not. I'm covering it as media. Ooh, media. Last time I was there for 2008, they invited me there because I did animated ZP shorts for their awards ceremony. And they haven't asked oh, me back to do that again for some reason, even though I very was very careful to bleep out the swears. Funny. Anyway, uh, I guess that'll be it for us then. I'll see you all on Wednesday. You'll see Marty probably sooner. So, oh, for God's sake, a superb owner gives one last super chat with $5, says, join late, but here's some money, which took a whole two more button clicks than wasting money in Overwatch 2. Thank oh, you very I like much, it. A superb owner. Bye then. Bye, Bye everyone. Back.
in a few hours for the sound of one hand clapping, not masturbation. Yay. Have a great day, Dr. Zebra. Thank you for being here. Don't even acknowledge them. They're just teasing us now. <laughs> <laughs>